class settle down please take your seats this will be brief history of werewolves i am your teacher cheyenne lynn put your hand down monroe we will save questions for the end all right please derricks sit down thank you all right let's get through this quickly when Luna was first born into the pantheon of Olympus, she was left alone in the dark blanket of the sky. She watched her older sisters, Artemis and Hecate, hunt and play with the creatures on the earth so far below her. One day, she convinced the older goddesses to let her come down from the heavens. She joined Artemis on her hunt for the great wolf that Hecate had tasked them to find. Luprica, the name of this wolf, had made her home in the heart of Hecate's forest. This irritated the goddess of magic, and who was better to stop the great wolf than the goddess of the hunt? During this hunt, Luna got lost and stumbled into the lair of the wolf. Instead of being afraid, Luna lulled the wolf to sleep with a lullaby. When Artemis came to reclaim her, Luna agreed to return to the stars if and only if the hunter let the wolf live. Luprica, in turn, agreed to leave the witch's silver woods. She spent her nights high on the mountaintop, singing and running with the goddess of the moon. One day, Luprica comes down from her mountain to drink from the river. Along the bank, she hears a strange noise, and following it, she finds two human infants abandoned when she goes to silence them something in her like a maternal instinct calls her to protect these two animals and raise them as her own uh, she gathers the boys in her mouth and takes them back to her den there they stay to be raised in the way of the wolf by the great wolf herself as the boys grew into men As the boys grew into men, Romulus and Remus, or so they had been named, they adapted and ruled their mother's mountain. Uh, while playing one evening, the boys wandered into Hecate's Silverwoods, incurring the wrath of the goddess of magic. Fearing man's potential for chaos, Artemis and Hecate demanded the lives of the trespassers. Luprica offers her soul in exchange, much to Luna's dismay. Artemis and Hecate agree, and at the behest of Luna, Lucretia's soul is split and given to her sons. The goddesses believed that with the spirit of the wolf within them, it will curb the chaotic nature of men. Under the guidance of the three goddesses, Romulus and Remus thrive. Under Artemis, Romulus harnesses the spirit of the wolf and founded the city of Rome. Under Hecate, Remus wanders the world, spreading the word of Luprica. Under Luna, their legacy remains protected by the mark of the beast. Nothing good lasts forever. As Rome prospered, Arcadia fell into jealousy. The king of Arcadia, Lycon, 
envied Rome so much, he invited the gods themselves down to party. Only one would answer the greedy king, uh, the dark lord of the underworld, Hades. Amused by this ambitious human, Hades sat down to dinner. Uh, to impress the god of the underworld, Lycon thought of the perfect sacrifice. After dinner, Hades demanded Lycon present his kingdom, and Lycon proudly presents his second son, Orion, who is just a lowly shepherd. Offended by this display of such lowly ranks, Hades demanded to see the firstborn son of Arcadia for the king to receive his blessings. Confused, Lycon explained that he proudly sacrificed the heir as dinner for this king of the underworld, and instead of a blessing, Hades cursed the overzealous king, turning him into a beast from hell. Lycon then rampaged Arcadia, and the kingdom fell. During his frenzy, Lycon found that those who survived his bite did so at the cost of their humanity. These creatures of darkness roamed the world with corrupted souls like hounds from Tartarus itself. He rallied these creatures into a dark army that descended onto the world like a legion. Among this legion, Lycon found vicious, vicious soldiers in the form of a young Roman girl attacked on her road home. Her true name had been lost to the ages, but legends christened her Eno Minatum, the nameless one. She was born of Rome and was present during Lycon's attack. She preys on women and children left alone during the war, slaughtering families with the cruelest forms of torture. Upon her suggestion, Lycon traveled to the frozen countries, well, well beyond the realms of Rome. These harsh lands bred many warriors that valued brute strength in battle. Though they prayed to a foreign god, they they proved no match for Lycon and his elk. With them, Lycon expanded his forces to include a navy of bloodthirsty wolfmen that spread their infection like a plague. Among the bitten rose a former slave to the ranks of general. Due to his brutish vitality and vigor, that slave left a scar on his homeland, and the legend of Fenris was born. Rumors from the sands of Egypt piqued Lycon's interest, and his band traveled south to investigate. The plague had reached the pyramids before the creator, and swarmed a lost city called the Necropolis. In this land, there was a new goddess of the underworld, and her followers worshipped a shapeshifter named Anubis. The jackal-faced demon enraptured the citizens of Necropolis. They served her every limb, and the, the whole city was beholden to her. She used her gifts, and for her own benefit, Lycon offered the world if she only served him. Anubis always wanted more. 
Unfortunately, by this time, Lycon began losing control over his forces. In spite of his new army, Lycon knew they were no match for the Holy Roman Empire. His generals, however, disagreed. They saw his hesitation to conquer his former homeland as a touch of humanity burning away what was left of his soul. They saw the pettiness and weakness festering in the heart of this would-be god. He lacked clarity of vision and the will to do what needed to be done. So they deposed him. Lycon lost his second kingdom to the newly three heads of Cerberus. Thus began the Gulf War, where the followers of Lucretia met with the forces of Cerberus in an epic battle that that rippled chaos throughout the world, incurring the wrath of the goddesses. As the wolves battled across the world, this left humanity in the crosshairs. Looking for a leader, they went to Orion, who then prayed to Artemis. Artemis blessed him with a bow and arrow. Hecate gave her magic to this once shepherd with the burden to shepherd humanity from the darkness into the light. This led to Orion raising his forces um, against the wolf horde uh, and thus led to the era which is known as the Great Hunt. As the Great Hunt lasted many a generation, Orion and his descendants uh, were marked by the goddess um, Artemis, bestowed with powers beyond understanding. Isn't that right, Derek? And that will be the bell. To be fair, I did say it was a brief history of werewolves. Thank you all for joining us this evening. Uh, remember, next class will be February 1st, episode 7, Humans Are Friends, Not Food, where Rose will introduce us to the best pub in town, the two-headed dog, Houston hunts alone and comes face-to-face -face with Nastia Lupin, and Cordy takes Kenny on a cute outing, but it's interrupted by hunter business. For the show's socials and my socials, everybody's socials, um, well, everything is in the description down below. Um, we would love to hear from you if you would, uh, your thoughts and your opinions with hashtag, uh, cause we can't wait to hear you howl. Good night. <laughs>